0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Uh, Last week we started our series called what? The door is open. open. What's it called? What's the reality for you this year? The The door is open. The door is open. Open now. I don't know if you follow us on social media, but I highly recommend you doing that—Instagram or Facebook—because Miss Brooke, who designed this, made it to where you can snapshot this picture and make it um, your wallpaper for your phone as a continual reminder, as I have done. The door is open. It's every time I open that phone. That's the first thing I see. That's good. That's good. So. Whatever whatever you can do to help you stay motivated and keep looking into this truth for your life this year, Uh, not only uh, individually, but also us as a church, amen, as a corporate body, the doors open. And um, so last week we we delved into this series and we talked about how um, there were these, God had brought them to the edge of the promised land. And they could see it from where they were. And the Lord instructed Moses then to, to send in spies. And these spies, there were 12 of them, one representing each tribe of Israel. There were 12 tribes. Sent them in, and they were there for 40 days scouting out the land. So when it came time for them to give their report, uh, they, they came back and they said, oh, indeed, the land is flowing with milk and honey, and here's its fruit. They brought back some of the fruit. You could see just how rich this place was, the rich soil, the kind of crops it produced, and there was so much promise and so much potential in it. But then they said, uh, but, um, but there's these other people groups, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, and, and they're giants. And the sons of Anak, the descendants of Anak, the giants are there, so they're huge, they're stronger than we are, and um, it's not going to work. Now, not every spy said that, but the majority did. Ten of the twelve. But Caleb is hearing all this, a man by the name of Caleb, and he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says he quieted the people and he says, let us go up at once. If we stand around and reason and we keep talking, we're going to talk ourselves out of this. The promise is right there. God has given this to us. We're well able as a result of that. Because he said it's ours, this is our inheritance. Who cares what the fight is like? We're going to win that fight. All right, I don't care how big they are, the bigger they are, come on, the harder they fall, right? All right, that doesn't matter, because here's the truth that Caleb knew, and here's the truth that you need to know when it it comes to you seeing and seizing those opportunities for walking through that open door. God is on your side. Amen. And if God's for you, then it does not matter who's against you because he has come into your life and he ensures to you victory and triumph every time scripture says he always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus amen you're on the winning side and Caleb knew this Caleb saw this he he knew he believed what God had said Joshua was the same way but nevertheless they said we're able and they argued back no we are not able So you have to decide whether you're going to be the person who is able or who's not able. You'd be the person who sees that God's on your side and the fight is a good fight. As a matter of fact, the fight is a fixed fight. All you have to do is enforce that victory through the victory that he earned for you. Or you decide it's too much, it's too big, it's too daunting, it's too overwhelming, it's too hard. Are you able or are you not able? The difference between these two, the ten spies and the two, the scripture says that those of the ten, listen to me, said, were not able because of the opposition. And the Bible says that they brought an evil report. See, God had already told them, not only of the the land flowing with milk and honey and the fruit, but He also told them of all the people groups that lived there, but He also said, It's your land. So go possess it. I'm giving it to you. But they only got half the promise. They only got half the promise. Somewhere along the way, they got caught up with what they saw. So much so that they all saw the same thing. But it's what they believed and what they confessed about what they saw. It's what you believe and what you confess. Faith is believing and speaking. And so then later on, uh, the Lord brought them over through Joshua. Moses dies. The new leader, Joshua, rises up, and Joshua is here to take them into the land of promise. And and God does the miracle of splitting water again, the River Jordan. And they get across, and now his sights are on a city called Jericho, which is a fortified, walled-up city, and God tells Joshua, see, see. I have given you the city. Nothing in the natural looked like God had given it to him. Only a word. I have given you that city. Well, Lord, when did you do that? Because all I see is a walled city and I see mighty warriors up on top of that wall marching around, keeping good eye on it. But see, what Joshua did not realize until they actually sent some spies in there and a harlot who was running a brothel there took those spies in. I love the grace of God. I just love the grace of God. It's available to anyone and everyone. And she welcomed these spies in, and she said, we've heard stories. We've heard stories about you. And the people's heart melted like wax within them because we heard about this God who split the sea. We heard about how you were delivered out of Egypt, and we are afraid. Do you know why we have a walled city? Because we're scared of you. That's what Carl was talking about this morning. See, your enemy's way more afraid of you than you are of him. The opposition that comes up against you doesn't really stand a chance against you when you're walking by faith. It doesn't. When you see what God sees, you've got to see it. And faith in God is how you see what yes. God sees. The substance and the evidence of things not seen. Yes. This invisible faith. And isn't it extraordinary that we use invisible words? Yeah. Because we believe in an invisible God. And the door that stands before you that's open many times is invisible. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to walk through that door unless you see it by faith. It's there. But you know what's interesting about that door? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 16.9. I needed to read a little scripture first. This is, our, this is our foundation scripture. Paul says, a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. There we go. <sighs> if you want the great and effective door that has opened to you, and it has. You just need to understand there are adversaries. Amen. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be resistance. There will be hindrances. Welcome to planet Earth. Welcome to the reality of the world, the flesh, and the devil. All right? And these things are all three going to resist your faith in God. But here's the assurance you have. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Oh, that's good news. That's good news today. I needed to hear that. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Thank you. You're preaching to me, Eric. Thank you. Amen. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. You know, and we don't really know what the doors sometimes that we walk through. We don't really know exactly what all that means. And sometimes it takes time to see what that open door meant for us a little later in life but I want you to just be one of those who is geared to, ready, willing, and able to do it, to just walk through it, all right? Because your confidence is in Him. And understand that these things, these doors that are open are gifts from God to you. These are the opportunities He lays before you. Um, but uh, I was thinking about a door we, that we went through um, years ago. It was actually 10 years ago now as One Cause Church. This is actually our 10th year as One Cause. I think it was 2009, wasn't it? that we became One Cause Church for 2010? I should know this before I start trying to announce it. But I do know that in 2009, we actually started our podcast. We started recording our, the sermons in our, our services. Um, and we've just been loading them up every, every week online. And uh, Ms. Brooke gave me the report that this past year, I think I told you about this, Right? Did I tell you all about this already? I feel like I'm like deja vu. I just stepped right into, this went through a door called deja vu. Um, and it was uh, last year, last year we had a 20, 35% increase, 25% increase. Is that right? Either way. Why am I saying stuff I don't I'm not sure of? We increased. Last year alone, listen to it. Our church, One Cause Church, had 14,700 downloads of our podcast. Last year alone, in 2018. 35? 35% increase from 2017. And each year it's gotten more. And see, we we have two of them. We have one where uh, my sermons, and then we have any additional... Uh, sermons that are preached here in the house. You know, sometimes we have on Wednesday nights, we have like five or six people lined up to preach or any guest speakers. It's called additional resources. And we had a 79% increase in those downloads last year. I had like 1,800 downloads. So I'm just saying, uh, you never know just what it means to walk through that door and it can take years to find out. But uh, in the way that God works, He is an exponential kind of God. Amen. So there's much fruit In following Him. There's much fruit in taking those opportunities and taking action and being decisive. Um, Amen. That blesses me. Matthew chapter 25. Let's hurry up. Verse 14. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. What time is it? Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Now these talents are a measure of, of uh, weight of money, okay? In this instance, it is money, and we'll see, you'll see later on. Uh, some uh, talents were weighed in a uh, 100 uh, pounds of silver or 100 pounds of gold. So he gave them a, a large amount of money. Um, And likewise, he had received two, gained two more also. Verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. So that's why we know it's talking about money there. Interesting. Five, two, and one. Now, the talents here, for you and I today, mean opportunities. He gave one, five opportunities, one, two opportunities, one, one, which... These were just the beginning opportunities that would open up to others or an open door. And God has dealt to each and every one of you in this room today a gift. And that gift is for you to steward. Or he's given you gifts to steward in this life. And how you handle those gifts is yet to be determined. Some of you here have lots of gifts. Some of you may have only one. But here's the thing, no one's lacking. No one is lacking the gift. See, because when you started, you had zero. (laughs) So if you have one, wouldn't you say that's increase? Yeah. Let's all remember where we came from, that he brought this into our life. and So then one of the problems, though, that that can distract you from, from going through that door, from seizing that opportunity, from stewarding that gift is when you begin to compare with others. When you begin to compare your gifts or lack of gifts with others. When, when you see that there is uh, there's your, your gift as a negative account while theirs is multiplying. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.12, the Apostle Paul says, "...we do not dare class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves." But they, measuring themselves by themselves, alright? I'm, you know, I've got some mistakes, but uh, you know, I don't, I haven't done what Carl's done. I'm not as bad as Carl. Uh, you know. That's what Pearl says. I'm, I'm just quoting Pearl. <laughs> um, but in, what doesn't, whether that's a, a socioeconomic comparison, whether that's You know, appearance, comparison, uh, the things that you have, uh, the things you possess, um, or, or even your own character, your own flaws, and your own mistakes. He says, they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Are not wise. In other words, it's foolish. And if you become distracted with the discrepancies in the volume of gifts and abilities between others... And see, then this is where jealousy is born, all right? And when jealousy is born, when you allow it into your life, then guess what? All of a sudden, you lose your ability to be creative. You lose your ability to create because outside of jealousy is all of that ability. Uh, as I, to- I told the uh, early prior service that just ask the devil if jealousy lo- helped him lose his creativity. He can't create anything. All he can do is try to mimic what God does in some way. He counterfeits what God does because he's eaten up, enraged with envy and jelly. And jelly. jelly Jelly-see. Wow. So listen, you've got to see what you've been given by God and recognize it and acknowledge it and appreciate it and value it. and, and, And rather than compare what you've been given with someone else, because you're not going to be able to enjoy what he's given you uh, if you're being envious or jealous of someone who is more gifted. Listen, can I say this to you? There's always going to be somebody more gifted. Hmm? It was for years that we said, Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback. But can you say that now? No, because somebody else showed up. Huh? Somebody is going to show up that's more gifted, that's better at it than you. That's why it's just ludicrous to even spend your time making comparisons. When you have a gift to steward, when you have an opportunity, when you have your own open door to walk through. Amen. So, and, and, and being creative, God has given you the ability, because He made you like Him, to create. And your creative uh, uh, potential is found first and foremost, in what comes out of your mouth. You create the world you live in by the confession that comes from your mouth. You know, and and because what you believe is so vital, but what you believe is really found and evidenced by that which you constantly confess. Amen. But creativity and flowing in this gift that God gives you is, is found whenever you invest in it. Whenever you develop it, when you acknowledge it, when you learn to love it, amen, and, and bring to fruition what you have within your power to do, all right? Just turn to somebody and tell them, you got to do what you got to do, got to do what you got to do. How about this one? Do what you can do. Yeah, do what you can do. So, so the Lord is also inviting you to come and he knows, see, what you're able to do. He's given you the ability, so because and, and, you can waste years of your life thinking that your goal in life is to just catch up with somebody else, you know, and, and, and to try to be like them. But no, no, we're all individual members of the same body. We all have our own function, we're, our own purpose, our own place, amen. So get in your place, and be in your place, and function in your place to the best of your ability, amen, and, and steward it well, um, uh, the great George Washington Carver um, uh, used to, uh, of course, he, he founded Tuskegee Institute and, and was an, an incredible mind in the last century. Great man, great teacher, inventor. Um, one of his favorite poems that he would quote uh, often was this. It's called Equipment, and it's written by a man by the name of Edgar A. Guest. Just listen to these words and just receive this wisdom in your life. Figure it out for yourself, my lad. You've all that the greatest men have had. Two arms, two hands, two legs, two eyes, and a brain to use, if you would be wise. With this equipment, they all began. So start for the top and say, I can. Look them over. Look them over, the wise and great. They take their food from a common plate. And similar knives and forks they use with similar laces they tie their shoes. The world considers them brave and smart, but you've all they had when they made their start. You can triumph and come to skill. You can be great if you only will. You're well equipped for what fight you choose. You have legs and arms and a brain to use. And the man who has risen great deeds to do began his life. With no more than you. You are the handicap you must face. That's an incredible line. You are the handicap you must face. You are the one who must choose your place. You must say where you want to go. How much you will study the truth to know. God has equipped you for life. But he lets you decide what you want to be. Courage must come from the soul within. The man must furnish the will to win. So figure it out for yourself, my lad. You were born with all that the great have had. With your equipment, they all began. Get a hold of yourself and say, I can. So what you're supposed to do then, if I can just narrow this down to a truth here for a moment, is to be Excellent where you are. Hmm? Or two theologians that I uh, glean from, Bill and Ted. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Be excellent right where you are. Hmm? Be excellent right where you are. Be excellent right where you are. Where are you? Be your best there. Do your best there. See what you have and steward it with all of your might. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. It's different for all of us. These gifts differ amongst all of us. And we all understand this, that all of us find our function individually, but in one body. That's why it's so vital. Aren't you glad your finger doesn't do what your eye does? That it doesn't try to compete with the eyeball. Right? No, every part knows its part, and it does it, and it functions properly. Amen. Yeah. So we being many are one body in Christ individually. So he gave one five, he gave one two, he gave one one. What you must remember is before God gave it to you, remember that. It didn't matter. You've increased yeah. by his gift. Amen. And there are lots of people. They're, they, they're, they're there. This door is open and they're they're waiting for it to open. They're wishing it would open. They're looking for that opportunity. They're, they're chomping at the bit. They're pacing the floor and the door's open. The door's open because they can't, they're not looking at what they have. They're not seizing that opportunity. They're just waiting, waiting for it to look right. Because here here's the thing about opportunities. What and, and I know that you have had some life experience, will understand this is that many times that opportunity comes in the form of opposition. Yeah. Thank you. Hmm? Thank you. But something that happens in your life, a, a bad event, a bad experience, a, a, a rejection, you know, a, a, you got turned down for that promotion or that position for the job, and you think, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. is always there. Yeah. Hmm? Many times it comes cloaked that way. What somebody said about you that just devastated you or, or did to you. Hey, hey, there's a door open somewhere in this. There's a door open. You've got to be one who is willing to see what God sees. To see what God sees. Because He sees for you a future and a hope. Which means there are doors you're walking through. Hmm? There are doors you're walking through so that you don't get caught up in your circumstances. You don't get caught up in everything, uh, wishing everything would just be right around you. No, no not, that's not the Christian experience. There's always going to be something happening. Jesus said, in the world you have trouble, right? You might be in trouble right now, or maybe you just recently came out of it, or you're going into it. That's the way it is. Amen? But Jesus said, be of good cheer. He didn't leave us with that terrible news. He said, be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. In other words, every trouble that you will face, you are made to conquer. Amen. That door may oftentimes look like a walled city. See, I've given this to you. (laughs) All right, I'm going to have to believe that. It's impossible to know why God does the things he does, takes you to the places he does, But just know this, he sees all the potential that's in you. And and fitting a need, meeting a need in a moment can be the very thing that leads you to discover what you're created for. Most of the times, these doors happen. You walk through them in everyday, ordinary moments. But you take a moment to see that moment. You take a second to say, wait a second, there's potential here. I hear a door creaking open. Hmm? A lot of times that happens when you choose to serve. You choose to serve someone. You don't overlook anyone. We don't think more highly as we ought to think. We value others, and we take the time to invest into them. All right, let me say this. Uh, um, as, as a Christian, but also as a pastor, anytime someone needs you, it will never be at your convenience. Amen. Me, people have never showed up just in time for me to give some advice, some counsel, it's never been convenient. I don't remember it. Do you remember a time that's been convenient? Huh? Never. And if I was waiting for it to be convenient, <laughs> I'd need to get out of this. Huh? People are going to interrupt your life throughout the day, you know? How many of you have babies? You had babies before? Most inconvenient little being on planet Earth, Right? <laughs> All night long, they, choose, they, they, they want to be up at night, right? They're going to explode that diaper at just the right time. not your right time, right? And it's always the messiest one the day you forgot to bring a change of clothes.? Right? It's never convenient, never convenient. Amen. But it's an opportunity. Hmm? Oh, it's an opportunity. There's a door. And if you'll just be one of those who's, Lord, use me for your glory. The people that I cross paths was, Lord, help me to be a good steward of what you've given me. To serve. To have a heart to serve. To have a heart to love. Lord, and to to be ready and willing and able to help however I can. I want you to notice, and then we'll finish here. He says that he distributed these gifts each according to their ability. So he wasn't being preferential He gave. He saw their ability, he assessed it, and then he gifted them accordingly. That's why God is not expecting you to to be a five-talent person when he's given you one. But what he does want you to do is do what you can with the ability that he's given you and steward however many gifts, whether that be one or five or more, that you do it with your ability. Amen. I love this about God because it's not just all God then. It's not all God. He uses us where we are. And just our own ability, even in this frail frame, this fallible frame, this stumbling frame, this I don't know what's going on frame, He uses us and says, do it to the best of your ability. Amen. So you're valuable. It's not all, because, you know, I was thinking about this preacher who was standing, like Heather and I do it, greeting people as they go out the door and 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 this old lady, she said, Pastor, that was a great message today. And he said, Sister, it's all Jesus. And she said, It wasn't that good. (laughs) Right? (laughs) If it's all Jesus, then where where are we in this deal? No, he invites us in this partnership according to your own ability. See, that takes the pressure off of you to try to perform in some way because God's not expecting you to do what you can't do. But he is expecting you to do what you can Amen. So do what you can. And, and believe God. Believe God that anything's possible in that. This last scripture and we'll finish. I love this. It's Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Before we bring it up on the screen, um, you know it basically as I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today I want you to read it in the amplified version. We're all going to read it out loud together. It's just so powerful. It really expounds us Uh, this truth to us and opens it up for us. Ready? Ready? Read. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Isn't that powerful? I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So that means wherever you are, You do what you can do, but you understand this. In the realm of faith, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Thank you, Father, for this time together with your precious people. Thank you for the hope that we have of the open door. the door that is open for us as individuals, for us as families. For us as business people, us as students, us as a church. Thank you, Lord. The door is open. So, Lord, we're committing to you. I want you to just pray right now. And you commit to the Lord. Lord, I'll walk through that door. I'll talk to that person. I will steward that gift that you've given me. I'm not going to compare myself with others. I'm here now to appreciate what you've given me and not to overlook it and not to devalue it. Lord, I know that if you gave it to me, it's all the value in the world. Help me in this. Help me, God, to see and to seize the opportunity set before me. And Lord, I commit to you what you want me to say, I will say. Where you want me to go, I will go. And what you want me to do, I will do it. Thank you for your help. That you will never lead me astray. Amen. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just like you are.